welcome to another episode of Muso. We are your hosts, Jama, Hadi, and Gone. On this podcast, we share a microphone for fresh conversations on current affairs and women's realities beyond a single story. It's absolutely wonderful to be back here today. Thank you all for the awesome feedback we've been receiving on the episodes we've already put out. Um, and thank you for joining us again on this new episode. Hi, Hadi. Hi, Ngone. How are you doing today? Hi, Jama. Oh, we're good, alive, surviving, still on this pandemic, but alhamdulillah, you know, we're okay. I'm okay. It's been okay, like Mo said, just trying to survive the panini press. Press it real hard, though. But yeah, it's, it's good to be back here. Um, good to be back and continuing to do this, just sitting around our microphone and doing what we do best, just talking sharing our thoughts that's all we do literally (laughs) so to get into the episode um as usual we've selected a very fine quote and it's from none other than beyonce Beyonce. my goodness beyonce i'm just gonna put a disclaimer i did not agree for us to use this quote (laughs) you were outvoted but i was bullied i was bullied into actually taking this by these two beehive i don't even know what to call them it, it wasn't bullying. Bullying. We put it to a vote. Two against one. Democracy won. We won. So please just read the quote. Democracy is winning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is why people are advocating for our own African system. To what democracy? <laughs> Money. Just read the quote. So yeah, our quote of the week is from um, the Queen Bee herself, Beyonce. Um, and it says, you can actually work super hard and give everything you have and still lose. It was the best message for me. The reality is sometimes you lose. And you're never too good to lose. You're never too big to lose. You're never too smart to lose. It happens, and it happens when it needs to happen. I hear that. Mm. Amen. My queen can sing, my queen can talk, my queen can rap, my queen can act. What can Beyonce do? Our queen is everything. And she's still here telling us that she loses sometimes too. You know? Yeah. Love it. And those lines, you're never too good to lose. You're never too big to lose. You're never too smart to lose. I think it's always important for everyone to remember that because sometimes, ugh, anyway. Yeah. And the last one, even, it happens and it happens when it needs to happen. Basically, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice way to segue into our topic for today. We're discussing failure so we're discussing (laughs) yeah you already feel the heaviness (laughs) in the topic so we're discussing failure and the reason we decided to do this is because generally we just don't discuss failure in our society there is a very heavy fixation on success and what success looks like and Mm -hmm. who's succeeding who's not succeeding Mm -hmm. and how much respect you get if you're succeeding how much well respect you do not get if you're not succeeding based on um the terms mm-hmm. and the markers that have been set by society. Um, so we just decided, you know what, let's talk about failure because we've been here quite some time, right, in mm-hmm. this world. And obviously it's not all being peaches and cream. We have had our setbacks, we've had our losses, um, we've had our failures. So for the next, what, several minutes, it could get to an hour, I don't know. <laughs> We'll be talking about failure generally, just what our thoughts are, what our experiences have been, um, and um, basically how that impacts on, on our lives. So well, what, what generally do we have as expectations 
growing up in a Gambian home. So we just keep to the Gambian context, of course. Mm -hmm. what, what are those heavy expectations that we've had to carry on our shoulders all our lives just so we can, people can look at us and say, this is a heavy one yeah. uh, I think generally as Gambians um, success is is described in many ways you ex you're expected to succeed in many ways you're expected to succeed in school you mm -hmm. know be, be a top student and then you know from school you ex the, the next step for success is you know getting a good job a well-paying job you know being able to buy a car build a house mm -hmm. take care of your families you know take your parents to mecca if you're muslim or you know pilgrimage if you're christian and things like that and even um in terms of you know what you do in your personal life as in getting married is seen as a mark of a success so it's like this um this uh what's it called requirement to succeed is all around us it's yeah. it's it's everywhere it's everywhere and it takes a heavy toll on the average young gambian because it's like there's always this pressure to mm. to fulfill your parents desire to see you succeed because you succeeding is also um a way of them of making them proud mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. you know it's, it's a way that you know they can be like they can be boastful sort of like yeah. oh my child did this my child achieved this mm -hmm. my child did very well in the or my child had nine credits you know my child enrolled into university they got a scholarship they did this they did that so if you fall short of that then it's like you know for example if, if you're doing your, your your final grade 12 exams you could have really good grades but if you fail a certain course mm -hmm. you know your mm -hmm. parents will look at it like you know you didn't do mm -hmm. well so it doesn't matter that you had eight credits out of nine. The mere fact that you failed or you didn't do well in one in one course basically just diminishes all the success you had in all the other courses. So it's like you either go all the way and then get the praise or you know, if if you fall short of that then you're not successful at all in the in that in that aspect. And you know, in terms of getting jobs, how much is your job paying you? Is are you able to do stuff for your family? Are you able to take care of your parents with that money? Even if you're working dawn to dusk, if you're not able to give yeah. your parents the lifestyle that they desire, then it's as if you're not a successful person. So, you know, and all these things, I think, in the long run, they push young people into doing things that they're not necessarily supposed to be doing because yeah. they just, they want to be seen as nitpiteki. And personally, I think also that's why we see a lot of young people taking the back way route, yeah. you know, the irregular yeah. migration, because... It's not just about not having jobs. It's like you're growing up, and I think this is an aspect that we don't look at fully. You're, you know, you're a grown-up person. There are not enough jobs around. People say these young people don't want to work, but for me, a lot of the ones that I see were people who are actually hustling in this country. Some people who are working in banks. Yes, just, just resign and they, go. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're working. You have a job, but that job is not paying you well enough for you to be able to do things for yourself and mm -hmm. take care of your family as well. So you look at it as, okay, you know, whether I live or die, I have to take this route so that yeah. I can succeed, mm -hmm. so that I can fulfill society's idea of, you know, being a successful person. 
and a lot of people young people have died as a result yeah. and we can't blame them because we see those who have succeeded and gone when they come back their parents are hey man back where they may be so lord if i didn't back where they may be i'm not kid i'm not me i'm not me like follow someone on young like your mates are going they're taking this route they're succeeding they're doing this and this for their parents what's wrong with you yeah so and i think I um that that's an interesting point um to bring hadi in because then you're also bringing in the issue of the comparisons Mm -hmm. So it's not just about how much you succeed it's also how much you succeed in comparison to, to another person, another person. it becomes mm -hmm. even more complicated when it's in the family setting mm -hmm. and in Gambia within the ex extended family setting if a cousin is doing better based on societal terms mm -hmm. then it becomes an even heavier burden on you, on you. Mm -hmm. and I know when we were discussing mm -hmm. this topic and planning for this recording we were also looking at even how how early it starts even mm -hmm. with babies in the home mm -hmm. Um, and just their development yeah. generally. So Hadi, um, yeah, I'll comment on that. But I want to go back to a point that Ngone made in terms of the um, the back way, mm -hmm. because even when people make it to out, quote unquote, mm -hmm. the the way that the success is gained is not necessarily just making it there, mm -hmm. but a lot of the time, it, getting into illegal, Ill, you know, illegal stuff like. Mm -hmm selling drugs or something else of that sort. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're home, obviously that's a big issue. Or any of that. But then once your child leaves the country to go and sell it somewhere and you're benefiting from that money, you know, all eyes are closed, all ears are closed. It's completely okay. It's not completely okay then, but then you can let it slide. You basically yeah. don't care. So that's also... That well. I mean, at some yeah, point, they, they make even that. glorify it. They even glorify it sometimes. It's like, at yeah. least we get deaf, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, we don't, we don't really care how, yeah. how it's getting to us, but, I mean, the thing is coming to us. So, yeah. And it's really, really unhealthy, and mm -hmm. it is, you know, it's very toxic, it's scary, because it's like you're not even looking at the child's long-term well-being, you're not looking at how sustainable this income is, or if it's going to land them in jail, but yo, yeah, and so that's fine. Mm -hmm. But um, back to what you said about um, you know, the expectations that we have even in the development stages as young people, like as toddlers even from that point where the walking, the talking, like if you have a cousin, or one mm -hmm. is, 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 is walking, all of a sudden, like, even if, you know, you haven't hit that developmental milestone yet, you're already looked at as a child that's behind. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with talking, too. Because not everyone not everyone develops at the same time. Not everyone develops at the same age. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go from saying no words until you're three and then start saying full sentences. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you started with, the like, you know, half one word, two words, and you don't even start making full sentences till you're, like, five years old. Mm -hmm. So which one of them, like, you know, how how do you compare those two? you can't and you shouldn't to begin with because it already puts that pressure on at an early 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 age when like these kids don't even know what's going on you're already putting pressure in their heads now they're supposed to act a certain way they're supposed to move a certain way they're supposed to talk a certain way mm -hmm. when like who who, who 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 you know who's measuring that market for success who told you that that's a that's a measure for a child's you know form of intelligence or brilliance in the future mm -hmm. and it puts so it's the external family, but then that pressure ends up getting onto the parents, and then that ends up, you know, trickling down to the child. Because it's the same when it comes to, like, I know we're talking about, you know, toddler age right now, but when it comes to schooling again, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to all those things, it's mm -hmm. external pressure that ends up trickling. Even if your parents were like, okay, you know what, my child can do whatever they want, they can take their time with the development. But you start hearing from other people that it's possible that something is wrong with your child. Yeah. And then you would like that. 
And then it just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And it's like at such such young ages, you have to like deal with pressure and some idea of success that no one even said that that's correct. Mm -hmm. Because like, yeah, you know, in psychology and in all these things, the developmental stages and they, you know, they mark certain things, but those things are not set in stone. Mm -hmm. So because my child didn't start walking at eight months that my child is behind. Yeah. They use those words, slow, and then it also comes back because I know growing up, I used to hear this a lot. Um, around kids that are well toddlers I guess Sophie were here balanga you understand yo so it was and for me it's also just digging deep and understanding how even that so we had the episode that of course was talking about how you know we're always taught to be silent silent mm-hmm. silent we don't speak up mm-hmm. but even that is a problem why can't I I mean if my speaking is more advanced than my movement why can't I why, why can't I speak yeah. you understand um, why can't I do mm-hmm. that but it's so it's so problematic how people just, you know, decide this is what you need to do first before you get to this point. Mm-hmm. So you need to run and walk before you begin to talk. Mm-hmm. So before then that's a problem mm-hmm. for people. And um, I think that, that 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 speaks to a lot of issues that, you know, we see play out in the family um, and it's carried, of course, to other spaces outside of the home even. Yeah, and I think also because we expect... Um, people to do certain things at a certain time if they're unable to do that like you said at that time then they're seen as a failure and when they're seen as a failure they're discarded Mm -hmm. so basically nobody looks into or investigates the reason why this is happening for example if you have a toddler who has not you know has still not uttered a word until when they are two years old you say Oh, instead of actually going yeah. to investigate to see why this child has the speech impairment why why are they you know unable to speak at this time why are they talking and it also translates you know it continues when when children are in school you have some children who we who, who we regard as quote-unquote stupid mm-hmm. you know we use this kind of language you know this child is stupid won't be past exam the child is suffering from dyslexia and you know they haven't been diagnosed for it so we just see these these children as you know children who are failing they're failing at life they're failing exams so we don't even need to invest anything in them they're not succeeding according to how we feel they should succeed so we're not investing anything in them we're not going to look at what's wrong with them if it's fixable how we can help them overcome whatever challenges they're dealing with we just you know ignore these children leave them alone because they're not succeeding according to how we want to succeed well i think such an important really really important point especially like in terms of learning disabilities mm-hmm. you don't take that into consideration at all mm-hmm. and if you don't take something into consideration you can't keep so you can't have a child you know that maybe that is dyslexic or mm-hmm. has some kind of behavioral issue mm-hmm. you know but so how many okay this is not my child's strong point or my child is um my child is struggling this much in this class you can find ways outside of them yeah. that will actually help um, be better at whatever it is that they need to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it also. Um, so basically, you you made the point going about how um, there's there are timelines that we set, and once you don't achieve a certain thing by the timeline that has been set, mm-hmm. then you're considered a failure. 
And I think it even extends to a point where even if you do achieve that later on, um, it doesn't carry the same weight for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we even internalize this ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And I know um, this is personal to me as well with my dissertation. <laughs> Don't throw any shade <laughs> at me. But I realized one of <laughs> one of the see they're shaming me because I could not finish what I started in time. But I, I realized really that I was also internalizing that idea of, oh, I should have finished this at this time. Mm-hmm. I did not do it. I failed. And so it has just ruined my whole relationship with that mm-hmm. piece. You understand? Yeah. And I think it, it, it really it really has an impact on even how far people can go. Because mm-hmm. if that's what you're thinking, once you lose it, you feel, no, it's not going to carry any value anymore. Yeah. It's not worth anything anymore. It wouldn't be the same as these other people's. Mm-hmm you know, then that becomes a problem. And I feel it affects um, what we put out and how we even stop to just appreciate the work that we have put in mm-hmm. um, to get to that point where we can say, I have been able to achieve this. You're shaking the table I'm sitting on. And I don't like we're all sitting on the table. She's calling me a dropout, but she's... <laughs> we're all sitting on the like table. shaking this table. But, you know, the point you made also um, reminded me of how, you know, when a person is not seem to be succeeding the way maybe society or their parents mm-hmm. want them to succeed it could push the parent to make huge life-changing decisions yeah. for that person that, that alters the person's life and you know and the way they exist in this world just so that that child can succeed in the yeah, way that they, they want, want them to yeah. succeed. whatever that child is doing at the same time the parent is regarding as not good enough because this is where i want you to be at this point in your life and this is not where you are right now so because of that, I am going to do this and this and this to get you back on the track that I want you to be on. Yeah. Eventually, that is how people find themselves doing things that they do not even enjoy. Things that, you know, find themselves in careers that they don't even like. Because, you know, this is what is expected of you. And these are the decisions that, you know, these your parents have done in order to get you to be a successful person, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah and I'm just thinking about it in terms of um, my my current personal struggles with this phd that wants to end my existence right <laughs> the table is broken <laughs> no because you know how i want to quit every 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 day or two i'm ready to quit i know but i'm thinking about how over the like last year over the summer like it got to the point where like if i didn't take a break like i would have lost my uh, sanity and my mind uh-huh. and i'm thinking about how like for me, I already had this version of success in my head where I'm like, I need to be done in the three years. I need to be done January 2022. There's mm-hmm. no way I'm, leave, you know, I'm going to be in school past that stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that my supervisors were able to look at me like, girl, <laughs> it's either 2020. You will not live to see 2022 if you're, if you're moving the way you're moving right now. Because yeah. I was literally in supervision meetings crying because that's how bad my mental health was at that point. Mm-hmm. But I, I refused to see it because I was like, I just need to push through, I just need to push through. But then it's like, who am I pushing through for? Mm-hmm. Is that timeline yeah. for me? Yeah. Or is it because I don't want to displease the people around me? Mm-hmm. And so when I made the decision, well, my supervisors made the decision for me to be like, nah, you're not go- you, you have to take a break. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that I did. And I felt a gazillion times better. And even the people that I thought that, oh, they would feel some kind of, like, you know, family and people I care about they were like no it's very important that you're doing that for yourself Uh like take the time that you need and get your head back to the space where it needs to be because what what is a three-year PhD if I'm going to come and die right afterwards or even before I finish it what's the point yeah and I think um, it's also a good thing to you know always I mean it's something you have to teach yourself and 
constantly remind yourself that you are where you need to be. Yeah. Because if you're if you're For someone you. who believes in predestination, you know that right. okay, I may have failed, I may have given up, you know, a hundred times before, but this is the time that I was meant to get here. Yeah. And because I got here at this time of my life, that's why I was able to have this many wins mm. that I, you know, I probably wouldn't have had if I had gotten here earlier. Mm. And then you're also able to appreciate the struggle that went through, you know, that that, that, that was involved in you getting to where you are at that point. I, know. I always have to constantly remind myself that, you know, this is when I was meant to get here and it couldn't have happened earlier than this. I have mm -hmm. to go through this and this and this. And, and also that, that it couldn't have happened later as well. So yes. it might not have happened when people wanted it, mm -hmm. but it happened at the right time. At the right time um, for me. And it did not wait any minute after or any minute exactly. later because this is the time that mm -hmm. um, it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really, Hadi mentioned something really important yeah. about, you know, just talking to people you felt might have been disappointed and realizing oh this this will actually supporting me mm -hmm. and for me it really just highlights how important it is to have a support system of people who are looking at you and telling you no you're not failing you're doing your best mm -hmm. you're giving up yourself mm -hmm. and you may not be winning in this area mm -hmm. um in the ways that people probably expect but here's every other thing that you have done mm -hmm. and you've excelled in you've succeeded in so i think just taking that moment um to center yourself and center how you are feeling away from the expectations that people mm -hmm. have of you um that's that's mm. that's really important and you know as we're talking about this I, i'm just reminded well it just came back to my mind that i used to have this 25 years old plan like you know by the time <laughs> i turned 25 i would have had my bachelor's degree yeah. my master's degree had a good job married had one kid by then you know, and then like now I'm here. <laughs> I haven't had my master's degree yet, but I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm where I need to be. And that but is also fine. you have your your, your bachelor's. You have yeah. your bas my bar certificate, which for me, the bar certificate is supposed to be a course. So I already have my postgraduate. Exactly. So for me, it's really just how do we measure those? So at the end of the day, yes. you do for yourself because your young that open I mean, by proxy, we also knew what was happening in law school, but <laughs> please, we all went to law school. We, we all went to law school together. We took that exam together and stressed through. And it. you but and I, I went guys because we went with Musu too. So, yeah. and right now I'm going again with Maria. So yeah. you know, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, good luck. Yes. <laughs> no, but I just I, this is gonna sound really corny, right? Mm -hmm. But I do this thing where it's like after consecutive failures. You know, 2018 was my year of failure. I was but uh, I remember towards the end of the year, I was in Gambia. I was standing at you know, I was in I was at Lebatu Beach, and there was just so much peace that came over me. And I just kept on thinking to myself, with everything that happened, like God decided to bring me right here in this moment to stand, you know, right here. Mm -hmm. And if anything had changed, if things were less problematic, I wouldn't be enjoying the peace that I am having right now, currently in this moment. Mm -hmm. So whenever like I have a really really peaceful moment in my head, I just think that a lot of things had to happen for me to get to where I am, yes. and I'm really happy that I'm where I am. It's not. It's not corny. It's not I think corny it's it, it really just also shows the value of appreciating where you are because mm -hmm. without everything that had happened, I mean, mm -hmm. you probably would have just gone to labor to as any ordinary day, order a drink, sit there, watch the waves, and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, but then that that reflection mm -hmm. probably would not have happened. And I, I think for me, Tamid, what I've noticed is um, if I experience a setback with something or I feel like I'm failing at something, 
the end result of that is always so amazing that yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, maybe this is why mm -hmm. I, I'm only getting here at this point of yeah. my life. Yeah. Because maybe if it had, if it, if it had mm -hmm. happened earlier, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had this this major victory mm -hmm. you know that i have right now so for me that's like now my thing is you know what what's meant for me would always come to me mm -hmm. and if i'm meant to do something i would do it at that right time and you know i always come up come out on top mashallah thank you god for all your wonderful blessings and everything mashallah, but it has just taught me to be patient with myself <laughs> and be patient with the universe and believe that the universe would always 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 bring to me what is meant for me at the time that I needed. Them. I was th that's such an important thing because I know for me I'm a, I'm a control freak, mm -hmm. so I have so much issues with control, and failure is one of those things that really humble you and realize that you know what you're really not as in control as you, you and Jama, and it's okay for things to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's okay for things to happen the way that you know you didn't have in mind because mm -hmm. I'm also like, you know, I literally if I I function off schedules and I function off like plans for like months and you know mm -hmm. i i have this thing where it needs to happen exactly the way it, if, like i have planned it mm -hmm. that, that comes to education love life everything if i can't plan it I, I will not get into it so like to fail and to fail momentously and to fail very very significantly it really reminds you that you know what you're serving a greater good and mm -hmm. that good is not you mm -hmm. and you just have to let things happen just go ahead and breathe my life <laughs> just go ahead and live my life but i mean coming back to the point i'm going about being patient with yourself and obviously also just moving moving on with the conversation i'm also thinking beyond um just being patient with yourself i think it also helps you to really also be patient with the younger ones in your family yes um especially when you see them mm -hmm. struggling the same way that you probably mm -hmm. you probably did um but obviously understanding that you are now in a position where you can probably support them mm -hmm. such that they don't go through the exact same challenges mm -hmm. you know, and self-doubt and insecurity that you went through. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I mean, this is just basically based on, again, the conversation around comparison. It happens in the homes. It mm -hmm. happens in schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's even with the rankings that happens in schools. Yeah. And even with the classes, A class, B class, C mm -hmm. class, and then those in A class are looking down at those in E in class, for example, class, yeah. like, so all of those those things happen in a place where the system should have been looking at what are these ones good at? Mm -hmm. They may not be good at this, but they could be super excellent at, at this other thing. Mm -hmm. So how can we help them? How do we support them to be able to nurture this, to build on it, and to succeed in their own way at the things that they are good at? You know, I, I, had a, I, have, a, I have a cousin, not had, I have a cousin who, when he, when he, he was much younger, he was very good at drumming. Like he was, he, he was just very artistic. He was a good dancer. He was a good drummer. Like Sabare, you hear him and you know, like this is him drumming. And he was just naturally good at it. And I remember then I would, I, I think it was my mom or my sister that I was telling that he, Sudone, if, if he were born in like, you know, a family outside of the Gambia, like a white Senegal. family or, or Senegal somewhere. Like, you know, he would be taken to, mm -hmm. to a school of art yeah. and then this talent would be built on. But mm -hmm. right now he's studying some technology or whatever course. And I'm like, you, you're not studying this for you. Mm -hmm. It's basically your life is planned for your parents. <laughs> basically, sometimes it seems as if, and this is not, you know, do a dollar to our parents. No, because no, they, I mean, yeah. he, um, like Yam said, one, 
somebody a person cannot teach you what they, they don't know. know. Yeah. And two, our parents want us to to achieve things that they could not achieve, maybe because of financial constraints or you know or other challenges that they face. And that is a good thing. It's always a good thing to want better for your child. But sometimes I think um, um, in our society we have to examine why we push so much of our dreams and our aspirations and our children to a point where we never sit our children down and ask them what they want yeah. and why if our children are not doing what we want them to do, we see them as failures, mm -hmm. as, you know, dombo teki, dombo bahu. You know, we yeah. need to examine that because in as much as you want better for your child, you want your child to succeed, you also have to, you know, be mindful that your child is a whole person outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. They're a human being born with dreams, born with aspirations of their mm -hmm. own outside of what you want for them. Yeah. So, you know, I, th I think these are things that we should also look at. Because we have, for example, when we were at law school, no, at the law faculty, we had quite a few students who were there, not because they wanted to be there, they wanted to read law, mm -hmm. because, because law their law. parents yep. wanted them to read law. Yeah. So, you know, somebody is there mm -hmm. studying and they don't even have the passion mm -hmm. for that. They're just doing it. And some of them would eventually drop out. You know, that's uh, that's I, yeah. I think that's that's a whole lot of pressure that parents put on on their children, which even though it comes from a good place, should be re-examined. You know? that, that that's also pretty personal personal for me because you're saying this, and I'm thinking of my own journey mm -hmm. and how like I know growing up, my mom would always say, "I'm working hard." And I'm providing for you guys opportunities that I did not have mm -hmm. so that you can get better than I did. Yes. You understand? So always growing up, I was like, my mom has a master's. I need to get at least a master's. Mm -hmm. If if I can get more than that, mm -hmm. then that's fine. But I at least that's that's, that's the, that's the bar. Mm -hmm. You understand? And I remember like the battle I had with her because everybody knows. Smallohen is in a science class, Adam, the nearest. And they're like, what were you doing there? And I'm like, I wasted my whole three years doing something simply because not just my mom but also the school because the school refused to register me for the art class they were mm -hmm. like segregate but no it's if you don't so want to go into the science class then go find another school mm -hmm. it literally came to that point mm -hmm. um and then when mm -hmm. i left senior school i knew i did not just want to continue doing this so when i went to morocco i know it was really a battle my mom was like demographic architecture demographic engineering demographic medicine these are the viable courses mm -hmm. but i knew that at that point i was completely done i absolutely wanted to do what i wanted and I only realized the importance of that decision when I got into journalism school and I was struggling in that school mainly because of the language. Mm -hmm. And every time it got tough, I'm like, if I did not choose this, if I did not love it, if I did not want it for myself, it would have been really easy for me to quit. Yes. So I spent all Absolutely. those four years, every time, you understand? Mm -hmm. But I knew I wouldn't do it because mm -hmm. this is what I chose and I was doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think like that that's really important. That conversation needs to happen. That that problem of parents basically leaving their dreams through their children, children yeah. it can be really, really problematic. Yeah, man, you know, my thing is like, when I see creatives and they feel like they have to stifle their creativity and they yeah. have to mm -hmm. you know, get into some kind of nine to five because their parents want that, I want to fight the parents. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, why is it that your market for success is so completely different from your child and you don't see that your child is clearly not yeah. happy and suffering because they're trying to keep you mm -hmm. in a path where eventually they will either go down that path or they will just be unhappy for the rest of their lives yeah. please Gambian parents if any of you are listening to this and you have children that want to go into creative fields mm -hmm. and they are talented and you know you can clearly see that they're passionate they're talented you can offer them resources to follow their dreams mm -hmm. please help them and let them follow it mm -hmm. it's really it's so you know sad and disheartening seeing 
so much talent, like from music mm-hmm. to acting to, you know, just all over. And then you feel like you can't follow that because it don't look good in the community. Mm-hmm. What will people say if my child say, if my child is a actress all of that it's like what's the what's, like they're happy and they're they're really really good at it mm-hmm. and eventually and the thing is like once you're good at something and you have to support and you have the resources you will make not all the time but you will make some kind of sustainable financial you know mm-hmm. situation from it mm-hmm. so sit down with them and make a plan yeah. help them in one way or another to to see like the viability of it, mm-hmm. but don't just shut it down because you feel like, oh, okay, this is just not going to happen. This is it. Yeah. Like I know even for me, like so I went into um, school with pre-med intentions, blah, 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 blah. But I took my first psychology class and I fell in love. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that was the most mind mind opening class. Like I had ever taken in my entire life. So I knew from then on that I wasn't going to go down the pre-med route. But it took me till my third year of uni, like three and a half years into a four-year degree. That's when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm switching my major. <laughs> I mean, I still graduated like just one semester late, but it was just, and also, fun fact, people came to my graduation thinking that I was graduating with a different degree. <laughs> <laughs> but you were graduating with a degree you wanted anyway, so yes. a major win. And I was happy. I was happy. Like, I'm telling you, the way my grades were skyrocketing and the way I was just in class front row and center, so happy that I was, I was, you know, I had switched to psychology. But then I see that, and even now, it's like, I know that outside of my PhD, I still have a lot of creative endeavors that I want to do. Hmm. If anyone knows me, like, you know, I like film. I like the idea of script writing and directing and stuff like that. And I know that down the line, once this degree is done and I give it to my mom, I'm going to pursue what I want to pursue. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know we we you feel like you have to even what when it comes to um creatives and stuff mm-hmm. you have these things where it's like you have to put your career on hold until you have this degree down one or two degrees to appease your parents so that you won't look like a failure mm-hmm. so that you've at least hit their definitions of success before you can be successful in what you want to do. Hey, um aside from maybe putting it on hold sometimes your whole life you never even get the chance to explore to explore that fully, to explore yeah. your creativity. So a lot of the times, we, and this is this is so huge in Gambia, a lot of people who do creative work do it part-time. They do it in their spare time because their yeah. main hours are basically invested in, I guess, formal, viable yeah, like um, employment. Yeah. And their creative work really just takes the back burner. And, I mean, we can go into a long ride around the burnout that comes with that, you know, how you've got to sacrifice a lot of your time and your well-being Ooh. and... Let me just keep quiet because this is a self-drag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a self-drag. But I think it's it's valid for all of us because, like, I think about all the things that we think about and how they, they really are creative projects. Mm-hmm. And one of our biggest, um, I know procrastination is a big one, but one of our other big stumbling blocks is just not being able to have the time to really explore, mm-hmm. like, all of those ideas and, and really get into it like we would want because we're... Well, what? I think we're reporting to work at 8 a.m. <laughs> 8 a.m. I'm closing at 5. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Goodness. Well, yeah. Oh, Marcus. And that just... will not even healthy. It's just... It's not. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's so unhealthy, especially if you're doing a job which you know you can do 
from the comfort of your bed. I am a huge fan of working from home. And COVID just taught us so much about why we people don't need to wake up every day and go sit in an I office. Mean, why are we still doing that? job is online and you have access to a computer at, and an, an internet access at home. Why are you waking up at 6 a.m., getting dressed up to go to a, an institution and sit before a computer to do the work when I you can literally do the And then for, all, for the majority of those hours, sometimes you're just sitting there. You're just sitting you're not, there. It's not productive because yes. those are not your productive hours, hours. even. And it's, then you're I just showing up. Good. It's so good that we talk about productive hours because mm-hmm. some people are afternoon people. They yeah, start working. Night, night people, and some people, people are night people. Yeah. So if you if you hire a night person and you force that person to go into work eight to five, nine to five or whatever, that is not their productive yeah. hours. You're not going to get the best out of them at that time. Mm-hmm. They're most likely just going to go to the office, just sit around chatting, doing nonsense, you know, being online. And then they get home at night, then they're on and then mm-hmm. that's when they actually do your work. But then that person is actually spending more hours doing work than than they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And then if they if they, they come to the office, um, they're coming in and clocking in all of those hours mm-hmm. and still don't meet the targets. Mm-hmm. Again, back to the topic of failure. Yeah. It's like they're not competent. Yeah, you yeah. Know? They're not doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. But we're not stopping to think, is it because of the system? Is it yeah. because of how we have put our structures together? Is mm-hmm. this why people are not able to perform? We understand. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. And I mean, the, the idea of failure again and how we understand it and generally just how we determine success and progress and stuff. I know we've, we've talked about this a bit mm-hmm. um, through the stories and the experiences and the self-drags <laughs> that we have shared. But I mean, it would be interesting to also just know for ourselves, since we're talking about just doing things for ourselves mm-hmm. um, and owning our journeys for ourselves, um, how do we define <coughs> success? What does that mean for you? What does progress look like to you? How do you want to go first? Dr. <laughs> <laughs> to say, say. <laughs> wow, wow, you just put me on the spot. Wow. Because she asked the question. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly. Because like, I don't have an answer <laughs> as well, so no, I listen to you. <laughs> no, I think for me, honestly, success, the older I get, it's just been peace of mind. Thank you. So it, it stopped being about external factors, and it's more like, am I sleeping when I go to bed? Like, have I. Do, you know, do I feel like I have done enough for myself? Have I met goals that I have set for myself? And, um, you know, and for me, that's really what success has become. So it's been like less about what people will think of me outside and what people think I've accomplished, mm-hmm. but it's been more internally. Like, for, like you know, right now it's, it's more about learning to control my tongue. If I know how to <laughs> be, be better. Are you doing that for yourself or for other people? <laughs> I think for other people. It's for me. It's for me. That one is actually bigly for me. If it was for other people, you know me, I don't care about what people have to think or say. Mm-hmm. So it's like for me learning to just learning self-restraint, mm-hmm. learning, you know, just working on myself internally recently has been my version of success. Okay. She left it out deep for us to fall into the water. Go. <laughs> I think um, success for me right now is just completing whatever tasks I've set out for myself mm. or whatever goals I've set out for myself. And in completing that, I'm not looking at whether I come out on top or I come mm. out at the bottom or whatever that would please society. Because for me, is that, okay, I intended to do this and I did it. And for me, the, mm. fact, the mere fact that I did it yeah. is, you know, enough success for me. 
and other aspects of success for me maybe would be you know like i would consider myself really successful if i actually you know finally get my relationship um with god where i wanted mm. to be my spiritual relationship with god where i wanted to be like that would be the pinnacle of success for me because you know ultimately with everything that i want like that is the one thing that i want to actually be you know on track as mm. i wanted to mm. be mm. yes so I, I think for me that would be the mark of a success so um and you know all the i think all the other things that society generally sees as success you know owning a car buying a house for me these are things that maybe i would do out of necessity yeah like if i were to buy a car it would be okay i've gotten to a point where i feel like i need mm. to own a car not because society thinks or feels like i should own a car at this point of my life so yeah success for me is very internal at this point it's about what i feel like i need to do and getting to do that whether you know society sees that as agreeable or not yeah. yeah. No, I was just I was just gonna say, um at some point my version of success was marrying Michael B. Jordan. You just have to put us to shame. You just have to put us to shame in life. You just have to put us to So have you have you changed <laughs> that? Is is that still your goal? <laughs> I mean we broke up and it made me realize that there were more important things. You didn't you, you did what? You so... you did what? How does he say? You didn't break up, he dumped you. On Twitter. That's a conversation for another day. What? That's a conversation for another day. Michael B. Jordan even knew you guys were in a relationship. Imagine. Know. Imagine the audacity. You wow. said that with your chest. She said that with the audacity of a man. Um, how did she say? Wow. I'm shook at <laughs> Anyways, back to the topic. <laughs> back to the topic for me i believe um so i've had to come into this right i've had to teach myself i've had to unlearn a lot of things around what success really was especially growing up as what people see a high achiever mm-hmm. um and internalizing that and having that really beat me to a point where even when i don't fail mm-hmm. <clears throat> but even if i don't so you're not completely failing but you're, if you don't get exactly what you're hoping for then that becomes a problem if you don't appreciate it so for me, really, my idea of success right now is being able to go to bed every night at peace with myself. This is really what my idea of success is now. Mm-hmm. So at peace with myself, and obviously this is not just about what I'm doing for myself, but it's also about the relationships I have with the people that I care about. Mm-hmm. And the people I say, these are my people. So it's with my family, mm-hmm. it's um, with my friends, it's with my sisterhood groups. So that's basically what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I'm really, really trying to learn to move away from just attributing success to what what's related to career, what's yeah. related to education, um, what's related to everything else. For me, it's really when I go to bed at night and the lights are off and I'm lying there with myself, am I happy with myself? Mm-hmm. Am I at peace with myself? That is basically what my definitions are right now. Mm-hmm. Every other thing is a bonus. Every other thing is a plus. So I guess those things indicate progress mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. It's like I'm doing this work because I also need to acknowledge I'm putting in that work mm-hmm. and it's getting me results mm-hmm. and I will celebrate those results. Mm-hmm. Um, but not really looking at that to a point where if I'm not getting it, then I feel like I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sleep has been good. <laughs> I, know. I, I think I just want to make it clear that we're not saying that you should not attribute your success to your career. No, not at all. Like we're not saying that, hmm. but you know, if you're looking um if you're if you're taking your career as a marker for success, 
are you pursuing that to the detriment of other things that are very vital to your existence mm-hmm. you know are you depriving yourself of of sleep of of strong relationships with people you know are you doing things that are in the long term very harmful for you just to be successful in your career because you know ultimately you do a lot of things to get to the top mm-hmm. and then you get to the top and you look around and it's lonely yeah, this was it <laughs> like this is it okay I, i i want to be the md of so so company mm-hmm. now you're the md and now what and i think sometimes you have to think to yourself who am i outside of this career mm-hmm. like yes. you know who who am i really who are the relationships i've cultivated mm-hmm. what am i if i am not in this nine to five what am i mm-hmm. if i'm not driving this ferrari what am i if i'm not mm-hmm. doing so and so and if you're not content with that person that you are outside of that then it really you really need to reevaluate what your version of success is mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good point to go for a break. <laughs> It's been pretty heavy out here. So, um, so we're just going to go for a quick break. When we come back, Musul continues. We're discussing failure, um, the fear of failure, and just societal pressure when it comes to success and succeeding. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh welcome back from the break. Uh you're listening to the Muscle Podcast. It's brought to you by Ndengone, Jama and Hadi and today we're discussing failure, something that we don't usually talk about in our society. Um and even when we do, we don't really go I guess deep into the issues to mm-hmm. interrogate how it affects us, what we can do to change it. So on this episode we're discussing failure, we're discussing societal pressure when it comes to what success looks like who's successful and what these markers of success look like mm-hmm. so before the break um obviously we talked a lot about um basically what success means for us um how we've been able to struggle and perhaps even beat the odds when it comes to what the expectations were on us and um in this last part of course we'll be talking about a lot more about failure itself so mm-hmm. away from success um talking a lot more about failure And an interesting concept that we had already of course discussed um Gone and Hadi is the issue of you know so we've discussed like the markers of success what does it mean how do we define it but how do we people also define failure mm-hmm. you understand because sometimes you get to a point where I'm trying to get something and I lose at that one thing and all of a sudden I shut everything down it's like I'm a failure you know and every other thing that's working every other thing that's relevant every other thing that you're succeeding at doesn't mm-hmm. really appeal that much yeah. um is not celebrated that much simply because you failed at one one thing or you've lost out mm-hmm. on one thing or you've not fully achieved mm-hmm. something in the way that you were you were um expecting or hoping mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that i think for me failure to me is you know when i actively pursue something mm. actively go after something and then i don't get it yeah for me that is failure i failed at that like um there's this 
this a scholarship that I had applied for. Mm. And then, you know, I'm just sitting down one night and I get this email that you have not been shortlisted for that scholarship. Don't we hate those emails? And, you know, for me, mm. I, I, like, I cried instantly. Mm. And I remember the person what I was with was like, is this why you're so sad that you're crying? But to me, it felt like, oh my God, I have failed. Like, if I couldn't even get shortlisted, not even getting the scholarship, but if I couldn't even get shortlisted for this, then, you know, I have failed. And because of that, I internalized that so much that it it stopped me from going, actively pursuing, you know, other scholarships mm-hmm. to, you know, looking, just looking. At, I just shut I was like, you know what? I tried this one. I didn't get it. That's it. I'm done. So it took like months and months and months for me to get out of that headspace mm-hmm. and actually you know be like okay i didn't i didn't fail because i didn't get it yeah. maybe there's a reason there's something that i was missing that's why i didn't get it yeah. so you know maybe i should start looking at other options and you know through that i also i then started looking at other options applied you know applied to other things and i had some positive feedback yes. so you know for me that that is failure look actively putting my mind on something my fixing my healthy better you know, work towards it, and then I don't get it, I'm like, oh my god, it's over. And mm-hmm. the way I internalize that is so bad, because I just wouldn't go anywhere near anything that's related to that, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. ever again. So I've, I've had to teach myself to not see, you know, losing something or not getting something as failure. Complete failure. Yeah, as mm-hmm. complete failure, yeah. no. I didn't fail, I just didn't get it because it wasn't mine to get at this particular mm-hmm. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a hard place to get to yourself but you know when you do uh-huh. navigating this world especially navigating your career field becomes a lot less stressful it's a lot more freedom yeah as well. there's a lot more freedom like okay i didn't get it because it's not mine uh-huh. i mean it's not so easy that you know the moment you tell that yourself you get into yeah. a good one no it's something you have to constantly remind yourself i didn't get it it's not my fault mm-hmm. that i didn't get it it's just not meant to be mine yeah. i would do better next time mm-hmm. i'd try to find ways to fix what i may have done wrong to get it you know, and, and then it becomes easier. And I think in the moment, it's also okay to just be sad about yes, it. Because yes. Because that's something that you really yes, wanted. you wanted. Yeah, and it's beyond okay just to be wanting sad. it, you did the work mm-hmm. um, required to be able to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> and for me, sometimes the way I see it is, okay, I was reaching out for this, but there may have been thousands of other people who were, who yeah. were reaching out for this. So some maybe yeah, somebody me. else deserved this better than me mm-hmm. or put it a better application mm-hmm. than I did. And so they got it. Yeah. So... Um, that that point about trying not to internalize it mm-hmm. to a point where it stops you from reaching out to other opportunities, mm-hmm. I think that's that's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. Honey, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, it, and it comes back to the quote about you're really never too good to fail. Exactly. Yes. Because um, and and you're right in terms of like you. I think you get traumatized when you put mm-hmm. in a lot of work mm-hmm. for something and then you don't get it to the point where you are scared to even look at anything in that direction and you want to run headed towards the next direction but it's so important that you know you sit with it and you're like okay you know what it didn't go right this time mm-hmm. let's try again and see what happens mm-hmm. because the first time is not always the right time yes yeah and your opportunity will come when it needs to come you just have to be ready for it because yeah. it's the same going in like for me like i said 2018 was the year of failure i woke up on my birthday mm-hmm. to an oh. email that i didn't get a scholarship that i needed I imagine that's that. the first thing I read. Mm-hmm. I yeah and i was Oof, I went. I went straight to get a to get a facial. I went straight to the spa. I said, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you know, at that moment, like I was just you're defeated completely, yes. and you don't see mm-hmm. what the 
what could possibly happen next. Yeah. You don't see that, you know, good can come out of it. You're just like, you're done for. Mm-hmm. But I remember all the goodness that came out of that specific failure. Mm-hmm. And it makes you not, like, once you, it's once you accept that, okay, this happened, and then you explore other avenues and opportunities, you realize that failure is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I still define my failures. You know, no one, we're still growing. So it's like, we still know better, but then these ideas have been, so ingrained in us that it's hard to let go of Mm -hmm. but I know that I still define my failures as not being able to like you know setting out a goal for something and not being able to reach it Mm -hmm. or applying for something and not getting it Mm -hmm. but I'm trying really really hard to lessen that as you know a definition of failure and just more like again like I said looking inwards and just realizing and also I'm trying to remove failure from my vocabulary yeah. Because not everything is a failure. Mm-hmm. It can just be a setback. A setback. Yeah. That will propel you into something better. Oh, I love yeah. And I think um, something relating to that that we also always have to be mindful of is building up some form of resentment for people who get things that you think you Ooh. failed at getting. Ooh. You know? Okay, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, we, we're all human. And it happens to, to all of us, at you know, in one way or another. Jama Ngone Hadi, we're all competing for this laptop and then Jama gets the laptop and then, you know, I feel some form of resentment like, why would Jama get the laptop? I'm smarter than her. You know, I have more experience than her. I'm more this than her. But, you know, you have to always remind yourself that you didn't get it because it's not yours. What is yours? You know, I always remind myself that you know, nobody can withhold what is meant for you. Even if you were in the tiniest hole, it would wait for you at the mouth of that hole. You come out and you would get it. Or it would, in fact, come in there and meet you there. And, you know, it, what's yours is yours. So we also need to work on that. It happens to all of us. We build resentment, sometimes even unknowingly. Mm-hmm. You unknowingly resent someone. And, and you, don't even, you about... don't even know why you resent that person. And when you dig deep, then you realize that I actually resent, have some form of resentment for this person. Because they've achieved this and this and this, and I am yet to get there. Mm. And because of that, I feel like, oh, well, Kihamudara, they don't know anything. Why are they there? They're there because they are meant to be there. Even if you believe, you personally believe that they're not qualified enough to be there, they shouldn't, but they're there because that Lulusen was Yeah, that is theirs, and they will get it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's something I think we should all work on. Absolutely. I think even beyond what's yours will always find you. What's not yours will never find you'll you. Never as find well. you. It will never find you. So you're gonna lose it. Yeah. You're absolutely gonna lose yes. it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of peace comes with that understanding. Yeah. That manlumayala binal. Mm-hmm. Obviously yeah. that's for people who believe in a lot of it it, it comes it with a lot of it does. Peace, it a does. whole lot of peace. You know, and yeah. And you I, go I, to bed knowing that okay. This um, I think I, I can't remember if it was a conversation we had or something I read. It was about Sarahe, you know, giving out charity. Mm. And um, someone said, uh, the person said, they look at charity as, you know, I have this, mm-hmm. and it's this person's luck, and they're supposed to get it from me. Yeah. So wherever you are in this mm-hmm. world, you the would meet with that person, and you know, you would give them that. Even today, it's someone you would never see again. You are the person who's meant to give that thing to them. And it's funny and you're saying think, this. Yeah, there was another <laughs> example where the person, and it was something I read on Twitter, I think. The person said, you know, an apple mm-hmm. is grown somewhere in Argentina. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, plucked, shipped, whatever, treated, shipped all the way to wherever you are for you to eat it because you are the person who's meant to eat that apple. That yeah. particular one yeah. was meant for you. Yeah. 
So I think if you look at it mm-hmm. that way, you go to bed with you know a, a, peace. a, peace, a lot of peace because oh, you know whatever you didn't have in that day, you were not meant to it have, and whatever was meant <clears throat> for you, it would get to you. Yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. usually see this this quote. I'm not sure whether it's hadith or something where people say. Um, that's what you I would may, yeah you may want a thing when it is harmful for you mm-hmm. um and you may not want a thing when, when maybe that's beneficial for you yeah and i know at some point i really adopted this this thing of when i pray for people i'm like you understand and at some point when i i made the prayer for someone i was like you know and then i had to stop and i'm like okay maybe i can say it in my head without voicing it out to a person who might feel like i'm placing a condition on the prayer but I, I felt like that was really, really, that was really important. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we reach for things that are really not best for us. And yeah. sometimes we have it and it leads us down a path where, you know, some maybe you're dealing with regret and, you know, all sorts of negative feelings that impact you way more than, mm-hmm. you know, what you would have felt if um, you had lost out on that opportunity, for mm-hmm. example. I'm just going on and on, but in, I think it's in Surah Taf. There's this verse where, you know, uh, I think it was Al-Hiddo who killed a baby and then I think it was with Prophet Musa and he was talking about, he was oh, asking them, why did you kill the child? And in I the am. end, when they were parting, he told him, you know, I killed the child so that God would bring them a better, a child that's better for them, something like mm-hmm. that, that. So, you know, there was a whole lot of questions. There were a lot of questions. Why did you yeah. do this? Why did, yeah. Yeah. why did you Why did you put a hole or destroy the ship? Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's a rich king who goes after people with blue ship and, and, yeah, and things yeah. like yeah. that. So there's a lot of lessons in, in, the in knowing yeah. that whatever you lose or whatever failure you experience is because like, that's that's what's good for you. That's what's best yeah. for you. In yeah. that, If you believe in God and a higher power, you would believe that that is what's best for you. God sent that failure your way because they have, he has you know something better for you oh yeah and and there's this one too that i really like where it's like if something is meant for you Mm -hmm. even if it's underneath a mountain like it'll find you Mm -hmm. and if it's not meant for you even if it's between your two teeth like you know you you still it it will not reach you so no matter how close something is that you think you're close to get if it's not for you it just will not be for you Mm -hmm. and i think it's just what's important is learning how to be resilient yes and instead instead of focusing on like you know oh yeah and not give up mm-hmm. because once you learn to be resi- resilient then you you'll be you you'll be better with fear you'll take it more as a learning opportunity yes. than something that's just come to destroy your life or something that the, your village people have sent for you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think that it's really important to just look at it from that perspective because every situation you just have to see what what can I gain from this mm-hmm. like what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. and then you apply mm-hmm. it to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also thinking just, so what is a very important point about building resentment for people who probably have the things that we want mm-hmm. or we're reaching for, um, but also just our own internalized beliefs of failing because we could not reach a certain thing mm-hmm. or get a certain thing we were reaching out for. And I'm just thinking, what are some of the things that we were pushed to do because of this? I know, like, the example you gave, basically, answers mm-hmm. this question. Um, but also, like, what are some of the things that people are pushed to do? You know, so, for example, um, earlier in the conversation, we talked about, you know, the issue of irregular migration back mm-hmm. way. Um, and, obviously, marriage also came into the question. But how do we see people just push themselves beyond their limits, beyond their values, you know, beyond their, their beliefs, 
to be able to fit into that mold where people can say you're successful. Yeah, um, even in terms of like you end up stealing, you end up mm-hmm. doing so many, you know, things that are just not necessary. And I wanted to touch on to the marriage bit mm-hmm. because people will really choose that harmful traditional practice. Just to <laughs> you need to stop referring to marriage as a HTP. <laughs> no, but it's true because once you reach a certain age, all of a sudden, it's like, well, once, you, once you're like maybe 25, you're a spinster if you're not married in our communities. Yeah, yes. But it's like, yeah. maybe that's not someone's path. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's completely yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's oh, like, yeah. need to... oh, it's destined for like when they're 40 or something. Yeah. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, people. Or never. Look, and people, that's fine. People would look at you and like a grown woman, maybe a woman in her late 30s, her 40s. You know, when people look at you, they wouldn't say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, she's a doctor, she yeah. has this note. They would say, hi. Anything because a man has not said, I want Come. to marry this person, mm-hmm. like that is me one mind. And just to answer the question raised by Gemma as well, I think one thing that is very common in our society that I personally I think is a result of people, um, not only them failing and wanting to do better, but also them wanting others to fail. Yeah, because it's not enough mm. that yo you're not achieving things, but you somebody else is company. achieving, and you mm. want that person to fail, and mm. because that leads people to do a whole lot of silly things. Mm. Mm. Like that's, that's, that's a whole episode, and it's that's own. a whole episode of its own. But that's we're going to talk about it. There's a huge, huge, huge silly food tradition for people who don't speak well of that. Is like taking someone to Marabou or you know practicing juju. basically juju or witchcraft on someone. Because you want you want that person to fail, mm-hmm. you know that that is a huge part of us. You walk in the streets, you come to a like a chiller, like a stand, that's like four 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 junctions like, across the <laughs> and then you find all sorts of you eggs. know eggs, uh, uh, ashes, you know, can some 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 form of leaves thrown there. You know, some people would go into their offices and they find somebody yeah. has left you know an egg on which they've written all over in mm-hmm. you know Arabic or whatever. Or somebody has left some form of juju on your seat. You know, I've had a personal experience of someone who just developed this mysterious illness because they were meant to travel for work. And this mysterious mis- mysterious Ooh. illness disappeared the day that, 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 that flight for that trip left the country because that person, you know, gave up their 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 looking their seat or whatever, their representation on the trip and said, You know what, I am too sick to go. And the moment that flight departed, that person was well like 100 percent well and this person was so sick they couldn't even stand up it, a few hours before so don't you know you see it in football players yeah and football players too football i know so yeah the leg problem so you know um sitting to is a huge part of our culture and majority of people who go to these marabouts they don't go there to better themselves or better their lives they, they, go there, they go there to destroy other people to destroy other people's lives because for you it's, it's like, okay, I'm not doing well enough and this person is succeeding and they cannot succeed. They shouldn't succeed. So they must fail at whatever they're doing. So, you know, I, I don't know that. That's and important. Sometimes they, they, they're also yeah. doing it to people who are probably in a position where when they succeed, they could help you. Yes. You know, you could also be uplifted through that person's success. Mm-hmm. You can benefit from mm-hmm. that person. But then we're just blinded by this whole idea of, oh, Keila needs to listen. Even, it even comes to the point of how people love you, how mm-hmm. other people love you how they admire you, how they relate with you, even yeah. that can be a problem. Mm-hmm. 
um, to, to people and they could just, like you said... And how, and how generally we just contribute to other people's failures. Sure, because, you know, even within families, you would have somebody who's doing better than the rest of them and maybe this person is sending over money for you to take care of yourselves. And you're wasting that person's money and their property and their resources, basically contributing to that person's failure instead of helping that person build up because, you know, they're not only, only carrying themselves, they're carrying you along. Mm -hmm. So I think there needs to be a whole episode on how Gambians <laughs> contribute to other Gambians' failure by sitting to him, by destroying their property, by yahas and der, by just, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and dormi, you know. It's it's a it's a whole it's a whole. By not paying enough. Yes, <laughs> by not paying enough for your business as well. For your services. Or, 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 or they borrow money, or they or they they, they 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 take your your goods on credit. It's like every week on Twitter, there's someone complaining about people who owe them money and they haven't paid them back. Lepsabagas being the fake. You're basically contributing to the person's failure because you're ruining that person's yeah. business by not paying for for the goods or services that you took from them. Yeah. So, you know, we also need to really look at how we contribute to other people's failures, aside from, you know, how we deal with our own failures, how mm -hmm. we're making other people fail at the things that they're doing, or, you know, suffer huge setbacks at the things they're doing, the because, of they're doing. because of our actions, mm -hmm. or, you know, our words, or, you know, sometimes even our inactions, our just sitting back and folding hands, how that, you know, hurts someone. Yeah. I, I think those are, those are really, really great examples of what we see, um, people do the extent to which people go and i think even with like so we were talking about the topic of marriage for example um and even with marriage and how you know women even get into that you decide oh i want to get married or you have somebody you can get married to mm -hmm. once you get in then the goalpost shifts shifts so it's it's about when are you having children mm -hmm. you understand so you get married for a year two people don't see a bump it's when are you having children? Loy have. And once you have the first one, after the first one, it's like, hey, kid, you have a And when you have like two girls, three girls, leg mom, and you'll go. So it never really You're stops. You're saying all that, but are you the one feeding the children? <laughs> it never really stops. It never. So, the, and for me, I think this is what we need to understand, especially as young people, <clears throat> mm -hmm. is that the goalpost is always going to shift. Yes. You understand? You're always going to achieve things, and people are always going to find bigger things, bigger things to say to this is what you now need to um achieve mm -hmm. this is what you now need to aspire to so again the point around you know how we define success as peace of mind and being happy with what we've been able to achieve mm -hmm. for me that that is really significant and setting your goals for yep. yourself your own goals. don't set your your goals to according to what society thinks you know where society thinks you should be or what society thinks you should have no your goals are your goals and in addition to that mm -hmm. there's also the issue of you know how we regard people who are basically not formally educated as failures mm. and you know I, I think a lot of us have done that mm -hmm. I, I have done that as well people who do not necessarily have degrees so you could be you know friends with a group of people and then somehow you decide to go to school you now have a degree and those people don't have degrees and you see yourself as better. above them as better and man, I, I, I know I know I may have done that or I may have enabled someone doing mm -hmm. that yeah. but you know we do that but then when you look at when you look at these people they may not have a formal education that we have, but they're probably running businesses. They're doing things, you know, they, they're taking care of themselves and their families by whatever means that, you know, they're able to, to, um, to do that. So I think we also need to cleanse our minds of that and, you know, not attaching success to a piece of paper. People are, people are meant to have different paths to success, whatever success is for them.
Yeah, I think um, you brought a good point in, in terms of like the degrees because we see it in like political spheres how mm-hmm. then you automatically assume that they're going to be horrible as politicians. Mm-hmm. When the, So we're automatically disregarding people as not being smart or capable because mm-hmm. they don't have a piece of paper mm-hmm. that a lot of the time you can even cheat to get that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So a degree doesn't show integrity. It doesn't account for anything if, if anything it just teaches people how to manipulate better exactly. so it's not like a politician that doesn't have it like you know it, it does not stop oppression in any way mm-hmm. so voting for someone just because they have like they look like they're educated or something doesn't mean that they're going to be able to be the one to change the country mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that not having a degree means that you're a good um, politician either mm-hmm. but it's really important to you know look at what that person's values are and what that person's track record is mm-hmm. and how they've been like you know in, in the community and stuff like that to de- define how they will be as politicians mm-hmm. and not just look at them like hey, kira fa degree man kira fa jana kira yeah. yeah. when, when i was working at the crc and we'd go on our tours and you know a lot of people up country yeah. they would say well what they would ask you you know well what if we, yes we say university degrees but what has these these people these educated elites are the ones who have ruined the country mm-hmm. people have basically mm-hmm. said that that the educated yeah. elite the people with degrees are the ones who have ruined the country they're the ones who have ruined the economy so mm-hmm. why should we emphasize on having a, you know a, mm-hmm. a, a university degree as a qualification for for example so a president yeah yeah having an education literally it just means that you went and you got a piece of paper that says oh okay you know something about a certain topic mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you are well versed in anything it mm-hmm. sometimes people can graduate and not even still be able to write from a proper essay exactly. so it doesn't mean that you are a valid teacher it doesn't mean that you are a valid doer mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it just meant that you stuck through one thing for four years and that's it mm-hmm. people like thomas sankara you know they didn't have these big big degrees and look at what he did for burkina faso mm-hmm. so i just very big it, it's something that i i always look very shook at when people automatically assume that degrees are you know and that's coming from me someone that basically has has spent her entire life in school that's coming from me that they I think they they get you into places that's really i feel like that's what they are for and it's interesting because yesterday i saw somebody talk about you know this this phrase we we use our knowledge is power knowledge mm-hmm. is power and she was interrogating that it's like knowledge is not power if you're not using it for anything so yeah. application is power mm-hmm. Yes, I you saw know, that. Yeah, I saw application that. of that knowledge is power. power. In, in, mm-hmm. like, um, implementing that knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the power lies. Because if you have the knowledge and you're not doing anything with it, then you might as well not not have it. And listen, we're not saying don't and go get a degree or whatever. Get, get your education. Get your education. Because we live in a world where, you, you know, your value is basically attached to how many degrees you have and whatnot. But what, what we are saying is do not regard people who have not had the privilege because getting an education, especially yeah. higher education as, as a Gambian, is a privilege. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop regarding mm-hmm. people who have not had the privilege as failures or as less than. And this this, this transcends into even our, our, our institutions, our public institutions, the way we regard support staff. They are less yeah. educated than you are, so you treat them like crap because, you know, you know, their failures, school and whatnot, the way we treat drivers, the way we treat our mates in Milani security and things like that. So yeah. 
I think that's something we should look okay, at. Okay, because it's a form of gatekeeping. Because even when it comes to degrees, sir, mm-hmm. they'll try and make it seem like the degree you get from Gambia is less valid than the degree that you're getting yes. from um, yes. you know, so oh my God. As a UTG alumni, I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. I know exactly how that feels. And this is not even coming mm-hmm. from people outside. This is coming from Gambians looking at me yeah. and telling you, well, why did you study at the UTG? It's not a good school anyway, blah, blah, blah. So even, mm. not even having a degree, but even where you get your degree is seen as some form of a failure. If you got it from UTG, eh, if you it's got not, it from somewhere else, like, oh my God, you studied in England, please. Yeah. But yeah, so again, I think for me, it really just re-emphasizes how, you know, shallow sometimes these markers can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what we're all just following, you know. Um, your scholarship, um, so then, oh, you didn't pay for yourself to go to school that that kind of stuff so there's so many things that we just create Mm -hmm. out of the blue and use them to measure people's success and people's worth and people's value and i think yeah it needs to go in the bin um so a lot of talking on this episode that's something we've not failed at yet Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but um i I think it's also been really of course this is not something we can exhaust um in one episode it's not something in even three four episodes but I feel like um, we've been able to really touch on certain things that can, you know, get us to even talk more about it, mm-hmm. you know, um, dig deeper, try to understand what our experiences have been. And this is also for you listening to us. Mm-hmm. What have our experiences looked like and how can we contribute to changing that reality? Mm-hmm. How do we support those um, who are probably going through those challenges? Maybe it's by speaking up for them in a mm-hmm. place where they may not be able to Maybe it's um, by sharing how you may have navigated a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what we're getting into now. How have we dealt with our failures um, or the things, the losses, basically? <laughs> how have we dealt with our setbacks? Since setbacks. we're trying to um, change the language as well. How, but even for the things that we absolutely consider failures, because mm-hmm. that's valid as well, um, how have we been mm-hmm. able to deal with that? Whew. I think for me, um, recently, or, you know, over the past year or so, I've come to the, to the realization that when I suffer setbacks, I may, you know, sit in a corner, mope and stuff, but I don't give up. Like, I've had yeah. to recognize that in myself, that, you know, okay, I feel at this, but after I feel that it, I did get up, and I did do this and this and this about it, and I was able to change that narrative. So I've realized that about, about myself, that, and it's really important that you not give up. Especially if uh, the setback you suffered is in relation to something that you really wanted. Mm -hmm. It's in relation to your goals or, you know, something that's really important to you. Yeah, not not so important in society, but to you as a person and your existence and your happiness. Then you should, it's okay to take a few days, a few weeks, be sad, be more, you know, more, be angry about it, do whatever you need to do. Grieve that loss because it's not only losing people that we should grieve, but losing things that are there to us or things, opportunities that we wanted. Grieve mm-hmm. that loss, but then don't wallow in that grief as well. Get out of it and then yeah. go after, you know, look up for something better and go after that, you know. So don't give up. Keep fighting, keep yeah. fighting, you know. Things will change for you. Things will happen for you. And also, whenever you, I think for me, whenever I suffer a setback and I'm going after that thing again, I try to find, um, you know, a different perspective like for example if it's an application i would try to you know look for help from other people yeah. consult other people 
you know, maybe sometimes they're able to help you see where you may have gone wrong. If, if the setback is as a result of some, your inadequacy sort of that. Other people could help you realize what you could have done better. What, you know, what you could have basically, yeah, what you could, what you could have done better about to get what you want to do. And, you know, that's always important. Always consult people and never give up. Mm -hmm. Over to you, Hadi. Yes. How have you been dealing with um, setbacks and losses and failure? What are your tips? <laughs> so for me, I really try to make myself feel good. So I um I have my little thing of, in no particular order, I'll sleep, I'll order some wings, <laughs> I'll Netflix, yoga, I'll pray, and mm -hmm. obviously I like the spa, many petty stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'd want to always, because for me, it's a way of detaching myself from that failure. So it's a way of saying that you're still good enough mm -hmm. for yourself, that this failure doesn't define who you are. So once I'm able to do that and like really get myself back in the space where I like myself and I like who I am in that moment, then I can go ahead and try again. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really always super important for me to do things that make me feel good in that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like kind that of like too. I'm, I'm like a coping mechanism. So yeah. I have to cope first and I have to like be okay with who I am in the moment and then I can try again. I get what you're saying though. Taking care of yourself, sleeping is really it's yeah, a really good and eating mechanism. Yeah. Sleeping and eating. Yeah. Not like Jamado eating twenty four seven now. Yeah. Chop life. Before life Before chops you. Know, that's the slogan and that's what I'm living by going for. And I think that is how I deal with failure. That's my response. But I think one thing that I've also um been learning to do that I've picked up as well is just celebrating my quick wins. Mm -hmm. Um so the the mm -hmm. little things, um I I know to celebrate them. And it allows me to put myself in a space where when I fail at something or I lose out on something or I face a challenge or a setback, I'm able to remind myself, oh, you were just celebrating this. So all is not lost. So mm -hmm. again, it's about the point of not giving up. And I think the practice with this came with Mibet. So um, I've spent the last year submitting the film to festivals and all. Mm -hmm. you know. So what the public see basically is just the official selections, the mm -hmm. awards, the things that we announce. You know, but... I get to see all of the emails that come back into my inbox and say, sorry, your film was not selected. And that's actually in the majority mm -hmm. of the submissions, you know, and I have to teach myself. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I see on my phone and mm -hmm. it just ruined my whole day. And I had to teach myself, you know, um, maybe it wasn't selected, not because it's not good, because mm -hmm. you know what you have produced mm -hmm. and you know it's excellence and other people have seen that excellence. Maybe it's just not the place for um, your film. Mm -hmm. Maybe this festival is not for your film. Maybe this year is not for not you for at me. this festival. Mm -hmm. So that has really allowed me to um, put myself in a place where now when I get those emails, like, okay, fine, we'll try again some other time or we'll wait for the next one. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, it's really mm -hmm. taught me to just stop and think about, celebrate the wins. You understand? Think about the failure. Um, be sad, like you said. Go through the motions. Go through your feelings. Mm -hmm. Because that is valid as well. So you don't keep it in there and allow it to build into the resentment that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. But also just allow yourself to celebrate your wins. Allow yourself to just embrace mm -hmm. everything that is working. And allow yourself to celebrate you mm -hmm. and what you have been able to do to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I know we have an episode that will be coming soon around, you know, humility and all the works around why we don't celebrate ourselves and our wins and all of that mm -hmm. but for me to be honest once I got to that point where I realized you know what you, you need to do this for yourself 
So it's okay if you want to shout it out loud. It's okay if you want to go maybe share it in a friendship group. It's okay if you want to keep it to yourself and celebrate your kana. But celebrate in the ways that you feel work best for you. And for me, like it's it's been working really well. The only one that's not been able to beat completely is the dissertation one. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this year I'll get that out of the way and just find peace. We'll graduate again. when we yeah. graduate because we're all going yeah. through the master's program. Yeah. But you know, I like that you talked about the middle sub- submissions because I think Ooh. one time, one time Beyonce said that Queen B. She said that people say she has won twenty four Grammys, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about the forty she that lost. she lost. Yep. So, you know, people all mm-hmm. only see your wins and basically your losses are just meant for you to deal with mm-hmm. quietly. And I think that's what makes dealing with failure, yeah. um, you know, difficult. Yeah. But what we can also learn from that is losing 40 Grammys did not stop her from making music yeah. and, you know, getting to win 24 Grammys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mm-hmm. keep fighting, you keep pushing, keep putting out better work. And then, you know, eventually people would not be able to even ignore you or the work you're putting out. Yeah, but I think um, it's it's been really important for mm-hmm. me. It's really how do we continue to extend grace to ourselves, yes, um, and to other people in mm-hmm. situations where we feel like we have failed at something, mm-hmm. um, in situations where we feel like we've lost out on something, um, and it it's really kept us down. So how do we extend grace to ourselves first, and then also extend that grace to other people who may be going through um that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if all else fails, if all else fails, just go back to Beyonce. Yes. Yep. Listen, you watch the Coachella performance, and you'd be ready to get up again. Yeah. And she's reminding us again: you're never too good to lose. You're never too big to lose. You're never too smart to lose. It mm-hmm. happens, and it happens when it needs to happen. Yeah. Good way to get into our favorite segment. My favorite segment of the of mine too. <laughs> it's time for our muscle of the week. And um, we try to basically identify the muscle of the week based on the topic that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And um, go will do us the honors. Whew, okay, so this muscle for the week is, is very personal to me because this is someone that I look up to mm-hmm. and someone that I have seen fall multiple, multiple times, mm-hmm. countless times. This woman has fallen but she always gets up yep. and she gets back to the top like this woman tall and she stands tall and proud and you know this is someone who when she was younger she suffered major setbacks that yeah. you know a lot of young women have suffered in this country and they've basically lost a chance at having a good life but she has gone ahead to get a bachelor's degree she has two master's degrees. She's in a leadership position in her institution. Mashallah. She's mentoring, mashallah, she's mentoring other young people within, you know, the field that she's working in. She lectures at, you know, she gives lectures at an international university as a guest lecturer. Just, she holds up her sisters, her siblings, yep. amazing person all around. And I just want everyone to recognize the amazingness or the beauty the kindness the sweetness that is my big sister they had again she deserves this recognition and when we spoke about this topic i couldn't she's the first her name was the first one that came to mind Mm -hmm. because i couldn't think of anyone more deserving of this recognition if you're looking for someone who has fallen a hundred times and risen back up standing tall 
It is her. It is her. It is her. Yeah. So, so daddy, our big sister. She's yeah. only my She's not everyone's <laughs> no, big come on, sister. <laughs> it's weird that every time, like every time I have friends, somehow they meet her, and then she she always steals my friends. She adopts all of us. Yeah, she adopts all my friends. It has happened with you know Isakubadi. <laughs> With yeah, Tida, with Jama, and I'm just, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's our big sister and daddy. You deserve this. And we love we're you. so proud of and you. We're proud and we love of you. you. Yes. And we appreciate you. Yes, and Madam Deputy, Deputy Diplomat Extraordinary. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So yes. that's our muscle for the week. They had a gem. They go as big sister, our associate big sister as yes. well. Um, <laughs> absolutely celebrating her. She defines all of the resilience that we have spoken yes. about. Mm-hmm. Um, just beating the, the odds and really looking at society and saying, you the know fight. what? Fuck off. Yes. She did that. <laughs> she did that. She, she did, did that. that. Yes. And we're super proud of you. And we hope you're also proud of yourself that when you look in the mirror, you know that you're the strongest person we know and you're a fighter and we all look up to you and we know you're going to do amazing things for Gambians. You're already doing amazing things for Gambians and we know you're going to keep doing even more. So thank you. Thank you for your service, Mrs. Gay. Yes. (laughs) Jack. Jack. Jack Gay. Yeah. All the mashallah. All the mashallah. I think that's a very fantastic way for for us to end um this episode. Um it's been a very wonderful chat. Thank you for sticking with us right on to this point. Uh as always, I mean we know today's was quite long and Mm. quite heavy, but we thank you for tuning in, for listening, and you know, as always, if you have any questions, if you have any feedback. Please do not hesitate to reach out, you know, talk mm-hmm. to us. Let's, let's hear how y'all, you know, about y'all's failures, how y'all feel about the topic and more. We're always open to lots of conversations and discussions. Thank you. Thank you as always. Thank you for giving us this, you know, for accepting our platform and for tuning in every week. Yeah. And in case you're wondering how to reach us, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram as at Muso Podcast. That is M-U-S-S-O Podcast. No space, nothing. So yeah, reach out to us. We'll be waiting to hear your feedback. Yeah. And the conversations are always interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love reading your comments. We love reading your feedback. We love reading your reactions mm-hmm. to um, our takes. <laughs> so keep them coming. Gone has, like Gone has said, we're on social media everywhere. Um, keep them coming. Just an opportunity to thank Right Click um, mm-hmm. for joining with us on this uh, podcast, uh, handling everything technical production on that side. Thanks a lot to Ibu Jaita. Mm-hmm. We will be coming back to you again next week on all your podcasting platforms. Until then, bye, bye from all of us on Muslim. Thank you.